Welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS, but what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. This week, as the year's end approaches, it's a natural time for reflection and goal setting. It's the perfect opportunity to reflect on our lives and specifically how we currently care for ourselves. I believe this is especially critical for us as people living with MS. As we've discussed in previous episodes, and especially episode five, learning to put our own oxygen mask on first, many of us diagnosed with MS have traditionally directed most of our care outwards toward others, rather than inwards toward ourselves. We love taking care of others. And yet, it's really hard to take care of others when we don't have the energy or ability to do so because we haven't taken good enough care of ourselves. So today, we are going to dedicate our time together to ourselves and learn a powerful way to decide to walk through life with better focus and intention. I truly believe that healing comes in waves. And I see every new year as an opportunity to take even more steps forward on the ever-changing path of healing. Today, I will walk us all through a process that I've found extremely helpful in many aspects of my life. I've used this reflective tool in my previous coaching practice with family and friends and also for myself as a highly effective tool to recommit to what I want to be true in my life. It's similar to the law of attraction and helps us manifest the changes we want in our lives. It often results in a deeper connection to self and a stronger alignment of our desires and actions. And today, while we'll be focusing on using this tool for personal reflection, after you've used it as a tool for yourself, I encourage you to share this experience with your partner, family, friends, or colleagues. It's a powerful way to share and support one another and really see each other for all that we are. Each new year presents an opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And yet truly, the calendar year is a human construct. So really any day is a good day to start anew. Each day is a fresh start and another chance to change our lives. Since nothing changes, if nothing changes, I welcome you to listen today with an open heart and open mind for the opportunities you may have in your life to create the life and the you that you truly want. Sure, let's acknowledge that MS has taken some things, or a lot of things, from each of us. But as we know, that doesn't mean that those changes are always permanent, 
And since our body is the only place we have and will ever have to live, I believe it's important that we, as people living with a currently incurable, chronic, and progressive disease, do all we can to invest in our future. As they say, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And that step today is to envision the life you wish to lead in 2021. It's not about being the best, but it is about being better than we were yesterday. Once we know what we want, Rather than wishing for it, we work toward it. If not, a year from now, we'll wish we had started today. My gratitude this week is for Chris, who is a highly skilled anxiety therapist through the Anxiety Center. I've been working with Chris for about a month so far to learn tools to better manage my anxiety. And I hope to feature him and his teachings in a future episode at some point, once we no longer have a therapist-client relationship. One of the things we talked about last week really struck me. On my personal journey learning to live well with MS over the past five years, I have changed a lot. And it was helpful to think of myself, as Chris suggested, as a changing puzzle piece that no longer fits in the old puzzle. With change, even positive change, comes some challenges. Others may still want me to fit in that old puzzle that no longer serves me. I may feel alone for a bit until I find a new puzzle that is a better fit. I may also feel a bit like a trailblazer. And while that comes with some level of excitement, it also often comes with feelings of uncertainty, trepidation, loneliness, and maybe even a little fear. To help me reframe change, listeners know that I often turn to nature, and in thinking about myself as an altered puzzle piece, the metamorphosis process emerged as a great exemplar for us all when thinking about personal change. Metamorphosis is defined as a process by which animals undergo extreme, rapid physical changes after they are born. By going through the process of metamorphosis, an organism may change its entire body, such as a change in the animal's number of legs, its means of eating, or the way it breathes. The most common examples of metamorphosis include the process most insects go through, or the transformation of tadpoles into frogs. Less common examples are fish, mollusks, and other sea creatures like lobsters. Metamorphosis is nothing less than remarkable. In most species, rapid significant changes only happen during the stages of development of an embryo. Some scientists believe that the metamorphosis process involves a sort of reactivation of genes that allows the animal cells to change from one cell type to another, and these changes are often triggered by hormones. Hormonal changes drastically change the functioning of cells, and even behavioral changes like the caterpillar spinning its cocoon. There are studies of species that undergo metamorphosis that have shown that by artificially modifying these hormones in pre-metamorphic animals, changes can be triggered. Although a bit inhumane in my opinion, studies of tadpoles began losing their tails and growing limbs early when thyroid hormones were added to their water supply, having detrimental effects on the animal's health. 
For species who undergo the process of metamorphosis, which is almost two-thirds of species alive today, the purpose is obvious, as without it, many would be unable to reproduce. Similarly to animals who undergo metamorphosis, we too experience changes in our lifetime related to hormones and life stages. The most obvious is puberty, but as we've explored before in other episodes, many things impact our hormones, and hormonal changes can be both positive and negative triggers in our lives. Some are cemented processes that we cannot control, while some can be manipulated by our lifestyle habits and our environment. There are three other examples of metamorphosis that I'd like to share with you today. As for me, they are strongly correlated with how I view several aspects of change as a necessary part of living well with MS. Let's talk flamingos first. While baby flamingos look an awful lot like their parents, they're missing one big thing, that signature pink color. When baby flamingos hatch, they're gray or white. Yet over time, they slowly develop the same pink hues as their parents. How, you ask? For flamingos, this process is directly related to their food. When flamingos eat shrimp and blue-green algae, which are rich in carotenoids and contain a natural pink dye called canthaxanin, these pigments cause their feathers to turn pink. Flamingos living in captivity would over time lose most of their pink coloration unless zoos added synthetic canthaxanin to their diets. Why share this example of change? Well, quite simply, like flamingos, we are what we eat. We've talked before about how food is truly our best medicine for MS, and drastically changing my diet has yielded much relief from my MS symptoms. Dare I say, it's been one of the two most powerful changes I've made, the second being this next example in nature that I'll share. As someone with a degree in geology, I love the stories rocks tell. And many rocks, too, undergo metamorphism. Metamorphism is the change that takes place within a body of rock as a result of it being subjected to conditions that are different from those in which it formed. In most cases, but not all, this involves the rock being deeply buried beneath other rocks where it is subjected to higher temperatures and pressures than those under which it formed. Metamorphic rocks typically have different mineral assemblages and different textures from their parent rocks, but they may still have the same overall composition. A common example is marble, which is derived from limestone or dolomite that has undergone the process of metamorphism. For me, I've started to think of my own journey, both before and since MS became an official part of my life in this way. In my life prior to my diagnosis, I was in a constant state of subjecting myself to an unhealthy level of stress and pressure. I didn't utilize enough self-care strategies to act as a pressure valve to release the pressure, and I feel very certain now, with hindsight being 2020, that this habit of running on fumes resulted in my declining health and ultimately my official MS diagnosis. I have metamorphosed like metamorphic rocks in other ways too. 
I am still a lot like my parent rock, or origin family, as my genetics haven't changed. But much about me, though, has changed. What I value, how I utilize my time, what I can and can't safely do. And it's been a process, albeit gratefully not as slow as many geologic processes. And thirdly, I've been thinking a lot about seeds as I contemplate my spring garden. When we start to explore how we may want to change and heal in the new year, we can think of our budding ideas for change as seeds. For those of you who share my love of gardening, when we plant seeds, we expect them to grow. As long as they have some healthy soil full of nutrients, some water, and some sunlight. Turns out, our dreams or goals are no different. And yet, it is us that needs to provide the nutrients, water, and sunlight, or conditions for the seeds of change to grow and flourish. Seeds take time to grow. We must be patient and diligent with our cultivation. If we think about our current lives as a garden, what might we want to grow in our garden next spring? Over the years, I've become quite good at reflection because my career demanded it. And yet now that I'm disability retired, utilizing reflection has become an even more powerful tool. If this isn't something you believe you are currently good at, not to worry. Take some time at your leisure to revisit episodes one and three, where we look at Carol Dweck's mindset work, amongst other tools for helping us to develop a strong healing growth mindset. We each have a reflective muscle inside our brains, and yet just like any other muscle in our bodies, muscles need to be used with much repetition and practice to build mass and functionality over time. And our reflective muscle is no different. So, even if reflection is currently something that you perceive as difficult for you, the good news is that today's experiential part of the episode is heavily guided, so that even if we aren't yet feeling strong at self-reflection, we'll all still be successful. By now, you know I believe it's incredibly helpful to look at examples in nature as our teachers, and I hope the examples I just shared sparked some ideas in you of how you might want to adjust your current life and lifestyle choices in the new year. And since we can't press pause and stop time, if the only constant in life is change, then it's up to each of us to choose if we're changing in a way that serves us or hurts us, that creates the life we want to have, or keeps us in the life we're currently in and unsatisfied with. Before we jump into the reflective exercise together, I want to share another resource Chris shared with me, Prochaska and DiClemente's Cycle of Change. Cycles of change can be thought of as a type of personal metamorphosis, and this model is a helpful self-analysis tool to use when contemplating or reflecting upon any type of change. I'll post this framework for our Patreon listeners, but I'll also give a voiceover here. As I go through it, think about a change you've tried to make to help yourself live better with MS, or you may find it easier to think of a different change unrelated to MS that you've made, or struggled to make, in your life. 
You could even think of a change you're just beginning to think about as a possibility. Of most importance, listen not for information, but rather for formation. And what that means is listening to what really resonates for you. What each of us gets out of this is meant to be personal. Using a framework for change is really helpful because when we have clarity on where we are currently at on a continuum, we can more clearly see the next step. And oddly, this often adds fuel to the fire and helps propel us forward faster. The first stage of change is the pre-contemplation stage. We are in this stage when we are fine with where we're at and have no intention of changing our behavior. Even though we have things in our lives that might be wise to change, we may not even be aware in this stage that a problem or opportunity for betterment even exists. Stage two is the contemplation stage. This is when we begin to be aware that a problem exists, but we have no commitment to make a change, or we may feel powerless to make a change. Stage three is where things start to get exciting, the preparation stage. This is where we become intent on taking action to address the problem. This is where we often do research, search for a specialist to glean more knowledge, or start to create a personal wellness plan. Stage four is the action phase, where we truly begin to actively modify our behavior. We begin to notice the change. We start to feel better. And in time, we gently glide into the next stage, the maintenance stage, where we're able to sustain the change and our new healthier behaviors replace the old behaviors that no longer serve us. Change can be hard. So it's not unusual to experience the relapse phase, which is where we fall back into old patterns of behavior. Ideally, rather than needing to complete the entire cycle again from the very beginning, we start to recognize we are falling back into dangerous patterns and quickly revisit the action stage where we actively modify the behavior again so that it better serves us. Going through change with others that are striving to make similar changes can be a very helpful safety net. This is why I've dedicated my life energy post-diagnosis to helping myself and others collaborate with others living with MS in the healing process. So, as we move into our reflective experience today, think for a moment of a few things you'd like to change in your life. Maybe it's a physical pain, finances, a relationship struggle, a mindset issue like anxiety or depression, a dietary struggle, a desire to forgive or be forgiven. There are no limits. Whatever comes to mind for you is exactly what you're meant to think of. Take a few deep, slow breaths and just let the ideas come. Today we're going to use a somewhat well-known framework in reflective circles called the Renewal of Creative Path, which is a powerful process for transition and transformation. While we'll go through it quickly here together, 
encourage you to listen again at a time and place where you can push pause to more fully maximize the potential of each step of the process. Journaling is even more powerful because the magic is exponentially increased through the physical act of writing. And if you are listening right now, where you are somewhere you can periodically press pause, please do so. You won't regret it. As you likely know, the greater the effort, often greater the reward. As I mentioned before, some people are naturally stronger or more experienced or more comfortable with reflection than others. Even if it's not really your thing, I encourage you to stick with me today, as I've been told this is a really powerful process, even for folks who don't currently exercise their reflective muscle often or with ease. The first step of this process is to look back at 2020. It has certainly been a year. Close your eyes if you're in a place where it's safe to do so. Imagine that you are standing on a serene garden path of stepping stones that represents our own personal timeline. You're about in the middle of the path, so there are stepping stones to your left and to your right. You can feel the gentle breeze on your skin and the sunlight warm upon your closed eyelids. Take a deep breath in and out. Now, slowly turn your head to the left to look back in time from your current location. What do you see reflected in the stones that represent the past year? Try to reflect without judgment or without allowing the memories to spark any emotions. Approach this reflection like a scientist looking through our memories for us and recording what they see. Take a few moments to address the following. What came? What happened this year? What were the major signposts of the year? What were the highlights? What were the lowlights? What are the things you'll never forget? What are the things you hope to forget? What came into your life this year that was new? What left your life this year? Run through the months in your mind slowly, like you're watching them on film. Are there things from before the pandemic in the first few months of the year that stand out, even though that may feel like a distant lifetime in the past? How are you the same as you were last January? And how are you different? Think of all the good this year held for you. The births, the new job, the new home, the new relationship, the new car, the new healing tool, the new doctor, the new friend, and so forth. Whatever was new and good for you. And now, let's take a moment to think of all the hard and the bad. The deaths. The losses. The missteps. The regrets. 
the misunderstandings, the painful distance between you and a loved one, the exacerbations, the relapses, the diagnoses. In the midst of the hardships and challenges, acknowledge the abundant silver linings. Let it all come. What did this year hold for you? Let's go just a bit deeper and reflect upon 2020 in a few additional ways. What didn't happen that you really hoped for? What did you think would happen but didn't? Are there things you worried about that never came to fruition? What came that was completely unexpected? What surprised you? What provided the most fun? What came that was truly magical? You know, those things that as you reflect upon them right now cause you to smile involuntarily. For those truly magical times, take a moment to think about the conditions that created that magic. Are there aspects of those conditions you want to remember and take with you into the new year so you can replicate them and welcome even more magic into your life? A dear friend refers to these conditions as recipes for our own personal magic. In thinking about it that way, what are the ingredients in your life that make up the winning recipe for magic for you? When we have a deeper understanding of what needs to be in our lives to make them what we want and to maximize the magic, we can better attempt to recreate those conditions in the future and increase the opportunities for them to come into our future lives with greater abundance. Once you have your personal recipe for magic in your mind, or for reals, write it down on a piece of paper. Then fold it up and put it in your pocket for safekeeping so you can revisit this recipe whenever you want in the new year, knowing it's handy and always with you. Now that your recipe for future magic is secured safely in your pocket, gather the rest of your reflection, your collection of happenings from this year, all the good, all the bad, all the easy, all the hard, all the new, all the old, all the joy, and all the pain. The full spectrum of experiences and emotions. And slowly picture these memories spiraling into a bundle, all together in one place in your mind. Perhaps imagine condensing it into a small area of your consciousness. Give thanks for it. Celebrate it. Honor it all and allow it to be since we cannot change it. Take a moment to recall how often in life we're able to look back in our lives and see how our hardships helped us learn and grow into the people we are now. 
acknowledge that sometimes at this point we're still too close to fully see it and appreciate it for what it is. But have faith that we will one day view much of this year as such. Take a moment now to say thank you to 2020. Yes, thank you. Even though your first instinct may be to tell it to F off. And you know what? Do so if it helps. Then, likewise acknowledge and give thanks for the abundant silver linings. Now, in your mind, wrap up all those memories in some sort of container or vessel. Any container or vessel will do. It could be a book, an urn, or even a ship or a balloon. Whatever you've chosen, make sure it's all sealed up with everything 2020. As you put each memory into your container, release any sadness, any letdown, any unfulfilled expectations, any attachments to what did or didn't come. Allow those emotions to go into the container as well. They will no longer serve you to carry them with you. And now, let's prepare to let it go. If it's a book, close it and put it back on the shelf. If it's an urn, find a place for it to live where you can revisit it, but not in immediate view so that it continues to occupy too prevalent of a space in your mind. If it's a ship, Watch it sail off into the horizon, or a balloon, up, up, up into the sky until it's out of sight. By doing this, even just in our minds, we begin to clear the channel for the new, the months and the years to come, and yet take with us our personal recipe for all the good stuff. Now, it's time to notice that our head is still turned to the left where we've been looking backwards along those stepping stones of the garden path. And now, since we've released the memories of the past year, we can slowly turn our head forward to the present, to the now. Take a deep breath in and out. And then continue turning our heads rotating slowly to the right, where we see the stepping stones on the garden path of what is to come, to begin to look into the future and all it holds. Let's think about the new year. What do we want it to look like, feel like? What do we hope will come? What do we wish for? How do we want to walk through the new year differently? What do we want to change? What do we want more of? Less of? What ingredients of our recipe for magic do we want to be abundant in the new year? And how can we manifest these visions? Fill your head with these thoughts and let them swirl around in your mind with possibility. And now, with those desires clear in your mind, let's turn our heads back to center, back to the present, back to the now, and slowly open 
our eyes. At this point on the reflective journey, it's really helpful to enlist others, especially a partner, family member, or a close friend. By sharing our ideal visions for the year ahead with one another, we can witness each other's desires and also help support one another on the path forward and be true companions on the journey. It's also really helpful here to choose something to represent how we want to walk through the new year to serve as an anchor and constant reminder of our intentions for the year ahead. It could be anything, an item, a quote, a living thing. Whatever emerges as right for you is right. I'll share a few of my recent yearly intentions to help you brainstorm some ideas that make sense for you. I've mentioned in previous episodes that this year I have been channeling bamboo in the wind. And this reminds me that in times of adversity, to bend and not break. As someone who lives with fluctuating levels of anxiety, this intention has helped me every step of the way this year with all the challenges I have faced. This past year, even though I've experienced amongst the most powerful storms of my life, I did not break. I got close a few times, but bamboo reminded me to bend instead. Learning to go with the flow has helped me better ride the roller coaster that is living with MS. Thank you, Bamboo. I know you will continue to be a guiding force in my life. In 2019, I chose the lotus, which is a beautiful flower that grows and blooms only in the murkiest of waters. That year, I knew would be one of enlightenment as I had just started working with a therapist to process my past and create stronger boundaries in my life where I so badly needed them. Having the lotus constantly there to remind me that often beauty is born from hardship helped me stay strong during the often difficult process of acknowledging then releasing hurt from the past that I had been carrying for far too long. It also helped me to truly see and appreciate all the beauty in my life that came from the murkiness, my strong equity lens, my dedication to helping others, my perseverance and incredible resiliency. And for these, I give thanks. 2018 was my year of uprooting and replanting. I uprooted my life of 44 years and moved a few hours away to a new town my favorite town. This was something that I didn't think would be possible until we retired 20 or so years from now. Making the most of my unexpected disability retirement certainly showed me that transplanting our roots somewhere different can provide us with new nutrients that can help us flourish. This new town has given me space to truly breathe to spread and deepen my roots as I become more and more attached to this new soil. If you've been a listener for a while, you know just how attached I am to our glorious yard and all its many gifts. I'm so grateful we had the courage to transplant ourselves and through that process have found life anew. 
As you think about something to symbolize your intentions for the new year, I'll quickly share a few quick ways that I kept these intentions highly visible in my life so that I could maximize their power. In 2018's uprooting and replanting year, I literally transplanted some of my favorite plants into my new yard. I have my cherished cheery geraniums from my grandmother Lorraine's house that are so happy here I have to aggressively prune them back regularly or they would surely take over. I have roses from my mom, my favorite roses that look like the most perfect sunset and smell divine. And some of my other favorite plants that had previously lived in pots as I moved throughout my life are now securely planted in the ground at my forever home And get this, they too are flourishing. In 2019's Lotus Year, I used a Lotus calendar so I got to see their beautiful blooms daily. I read a lot of Buddhist teachings related to the Lotus, and I regularly wore a Lotus pendant and earrings as a constant reminder. Every time I looked in the mirror, I reaffirmed all the incredibly powerful lessons the Lotus represents. In 2020's bamboo year, I added the quote, in times of adversity, be like bamboo in the wind, bend, don't break, to the signature section of my email, so I would see it numerous times a day. I also purchased some bamboo kitchen items, a leaf pendant made of bamboo, and some dear friends gave me the most beautiful heart-shaped bamboo plant for my birthday. Hopefully you now have some ideas emerging of what you may choose as your intention, your anchor, your guide, your motto, your companion for the year ahead. It really doesn't matter which word or thing you choose to represent your intention. What matters most is that it feels right for you. And if nothing has yet revealed itself to you, don't despair. Sometimes this process takes time. I encourage you to open your eyes, your ears, and your heart. Observe, listen, and feel. In the coming days, your intention will surface and reveal itself to you exactly when it's supposed to. And when it does, you'll know. As I record this podcast today, even I'm not sure yet what I will choose. I've been thinking about this for a few weeks as I've been planning this episode, and so far, I have three trends that keep showing up for me. One of them presented itself quite convincingly this morning, so I know I'm close. I plan to keep listening, watching, and feeling for what the winds of change have in store for me, and have complete faith that the right choice will be illuminated and fully realized very soon. I look forward to sharing it with you in the new year and invite you to share yours with me as well. My hope is that after listening to this episode, we all, one, understand that the only constant in life is change. Next year will bring newness. And through intention, we can create more of the magic we seek to bring more of the good into our lives. Two, that we take some time in the coming days to further reflect upon the past year and determine clear ways we want to walk through life differently in the year to come. 
And once we have the awareness of what we want to change, that we move from the preparation stage of change into the action phase, taking cues and receiving strength and guidance from the metamorphosis that is happening all around us each and every day in the natural world. Three, that we each choose something as our intention, anchor, guide, motto, companion, to walk with us in the new year as a constant reminder to each of us of how we want our future to be. And four, that we each bring with us our own unique recipe for magic into the new year and refine it, replicate it, so that 2021 brings the manifestation of all we were hoping for. In a way, I'm thinking of this episode as a gift to you, and my hope is that by now, or very soon, you feel a renewed sense of passion, direction, and personal power to persevere through challenges, and better manifest the life you want in the year to come. Remember, even the coastal redwood, the tallest tree in the world, begins as a tiny little seed. Thank you for listening this year. I'm hopeful that these episodes have helped you with some aspect of living well with MS. I welcome your feedback and any suggestions you may have for season two. Following this episode, I will take a winter break as those 100 roses and seven fruit trees aren't going to prune themselves but I very much look forward to reconnecting with you again after the new year and have many exciting episodes in the works. My wish for us all is that however each of us chooses to navigate 2021, that we may keep our own foot off the brake pedal when we're trying to move forward. The road is certain to have its own challenges. The last thing we need is to add more road hazards by self-sabotaging or ignoring our internal desires for improvement. As Gandhi famously said, it is health that is real wealth. In the new year, since I will be balancing my time between misunderstood and true medicine while also continuing to focus on my own health, I plan to release two to three new episodes per month, rather than every single week. I will still offer Zoom sessions for Patreon listeners to further discuss the podcast topics the first Saturday of each month, and when there's a featured guest on the podcast that is interested in meeting with us as a flock. I hope you'll consider joining us. Become a patron on patreon.com slash msflock for the Zoom session schedule and invitation links. Membership is only $1 a month to access the fun flock meetings and more content. Plus, your generous support helps me keep this podcast sustainable over time. Flock members, I look forward to seeing you Saturday where we can share our reflections of 2020 and our developing intentions for the new year. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. At the end of this episode, I will leave you with a recording of a song that my dad and I recorded years ago now that has always and continues to help me get through the winter and anticipate the magic of spring. 
I hope it will not only comfort you through this winter, but also encourage your continued efforts toward creating the conditions necessary to cultivate your seeds of change into the tallest of trees. Last of all, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another, as we have this year. Thank you for being there for me this year. Your honks of encouragement have been heard and felt loudly and clearly. I thank you for that, and thank you for listening. Until next time, have a wonderful winter holiday season and start to the new year. And most of all, be well. Some say love, it is a river that drowns the tender reeds. Some say love, it is a razor that leaves your soul to bleed. Some say the sea